Hello and welcome everyone to the Click Podcast. This is your host Abhishek Sanone, and along with me is my co-host Abhishek Ajit. What's Today up? Today we have uh, <laughs> Lisa joining us. Uh, Lisa is the founder of Booster Leadership and the core contributor at Talent DAO, and she has done fantastic work in terms of leading research efforts on leadership at Talent DAO. Here she is joining us to discuss her effort and her work in both of these wonderful organizations. So let's welcome Lisa. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Amazing. So uh, this conversation popped up, you know, right uh, at the bottom of the bear market. You know, DAOs are just not doing too well. You know, what was this utopia of decentralized cooperation now has turned into a lot of Uh, how do I put it? A pessimism about DAOs in general, you know, because what w- could have been a utopia of decentralized cooperation, a uh, element of leadership is missing where people can step in to make that sort of progress happen and fill up the gaps for these DAOs. But then, uh, most of these DAOs in general kind of lack the ability or the practices to have that sort of collaborative or shared leadership and. uh keeping that in mind when i took a look at uh, the sort of uh, uh, studies that lisa was facilitating with talenda i really felt that you know uh, we needed to have her expertise and uh, talk about you know this very critical topic at this point of time so lisa let's get to it you know dows right now uh they've operated in a certain way you've seen fantastic collaboration happen across the front you know you've seen a new wave of dows coming up in general dsi of metaverse and all of that but now the bear market has kind of uh, created that lull in the community and i mean after we get to your background i want to understand more about how what's your view been on how dows have facilitated leadership so what is your background been like and how did you come to the dow space let's start off with that oh gosh well first the word that i'm hearing thrown around a lot is disillusionment so this <laughs> idea that you know dows were this um had so much potential so much promise and for the most part i think even through the crypto winter the people who are still here still very much so hold that idea close to their hearts and i am definitely one of those people However, there is what naturally happens in a progression when you're onboarding to a space, you're excited, you feel like there's so many possibilities, and then lo and behold, as you learn more, you realize the challenges, the things you don't know, the um questions that keep coming up with unsatisfactory solutions. and those then become really the turning point where people start to dip into that sense of dis- disillusionment of you know can i actually get paid to do this work can i really stay um fully committed to this idea of decentralization what does it actually mean for me to have autonomy but boundaries and clarity of focus and direction and i think those are very meaningful questions and it's actually a really beautiful thing that we're in this crypto winter because winter often for for many people is associated with this kind of hunker down especially myself being based out of Minnesota in the United States I have heaps and mounds of snow outside right now and it really does give this feeling of um take a pause reflect redirect and find a meaningful pathway forward that honors you and your values. And so that's what I get so passionate about in this space and with this time and I think it's good that the conversation has turned to one that's 
a little more pragmatic about what's working, what's not, and how do we just hold those two things up, those two categories, um, to make a positive path forward. So, I mean, you kind of hit the the situation, the nail on the head, you know, of the existing situation. There's a disillusionment going on, uh, a lack of practices around uh, key points, you know, around uh, are people getting paid to lead? Uh, is there enough autonomy and is there these boundaries, you know? We've always heard about DAOs being considered as a future of work and we've seen so much literature uh, and so much Twitter threads and you know the rest. <laughs> I mean, being spoken about how to orient that sort of collaboration and that uh, and facilitating the right uh, leadership within these DAOs. But now, as you said, there's a disillusionment that's coming. Let's be frank. The, uh, the community is just not, you know, you don't have that sort of sustainable, sustained community strength when it comes to these DAOs. So, what I wanted to understand is uh, within your time in the DAO space, you know, when you talk about from a, uh, I mean, you've come from a conventional leadership, uh, you've seen everything from that lens of how things have worked in the traditional uh, fronts. And now you've kind of uh, gotten your hands dirty with the DAO space. Where, what is the situation of leadership right now? You know, uh, I've seen a lot of literature that way, but uh where exactly are the gaps? What are DAOs doing right? And what are they doing wrong when it comes to facilitating that solid leadership within their DAOs currently? What has your observation been like? Yes. So, you know, I'll share a little bit of my background. You you touched on it that, you know, my backgrounds, the majority of my last 15 years have been completely in large corporate contexts, also university contexts, uh, things that are known for being very hierarchical, very bureaucratic. And um, most of that time, you know, owning and running the leadership development portfolio at an enterprise. So very systems level look, which inevitably also includes the group dynamics of building high performing teams, as well as then the individual dynamics, like one-on-one -on -one coaching and trying to understand what your personal values are and how those get in the way, but also can facilitate great progress toward, toward goals. And so all these different layers, the, the organizational group and individual really need to be focused on in order to achieve total organizational goals. And that's ultimately something that hasn't changed from my work in a traditional context to now working and being and getting my hands dirty, as you said, in the DAO space, is it still is about this notion of how do you approach those goals? What I think DAOs are exceptionally effective at, which I've seen so many traditional organizations almost try to square peg round hole into, is this idea of crowdsourcing and engaging and building a community around defining what that organizational goal is and how that organizational goal should shift or expand or be experimented with. And that's what keeps me completely fueled by the space is that there's still no better experimentation playground for how humans are coordinating, organizing, and might evolve the future of work than DAOs. And so that to me is a driving force. And I think that's still what a lot of people find very satisfactory about the space and what's working well is deep appetites for experimentation, an autonomy for play, um, an ideal toward doing things differently. And even if it seems like, well, gosh, they've figured this out in other organizations, why can't we just apply how to run effective meetings from what we've already learned over decades of research and personal experience? It almost seems like we hit the reset button and 
didn't know how to do anything anymore to some extent. And yet, in the same sense, all those frustrations of, of early Dow organizing, I hold very dear in the sense that I think it's so critical to be maniacally disciplined about suspending our judgments and assumptions. And that to me is, is what the space is needing to hold on to that I see in the crypto bear market. It's really um, starting to digress a little bit into old patterns of, well, this isn't working how we thought it would. Let's just do what we know works well and let's experiment less and let's just apply this principle or approach it in this more traditional way because people get it faster or this is what people want to see, so let's just give it to them. These are the new people entering into the space. They expect onboarding to look like this, so let's just do this, even though it might be boring or even though it's not really energizing to the people who are already in the community. And so I think there's certain things that I would say um, really end up being the charge going forward is to figure out a way forward where we can still suspend judgment and assumptions and educate and help other people do that as well, while also bringing our full strengths to bear. And I see that being a little bit wonky right now, where people are are trying to hold on to it, or they're just digressing. And it's not energizing for anyone in the space to, to do it that way. There's too much tension. I feel a reason for that sort of tension to come up in the first place is that, see, uh, the entire major conversations around DAOs came up at a time where, you know, you had the bull market, you know, there was a lot of capital flowing across the market and uh, things, you know, you had an optimistic mindset across the community where things were just kind of, people were just eager, you know, it was unicorn, la la land, everybody wanted to try everything and uh, reset, as you rightly mentioned. And so it was easier to work with them. But then the bull market, sir, but then uh, the bear market came in and now uh, it's become a like sort of a grind mentality where it's about uh, making sure that things are effective rather than uh, that sort of uh, harmonious com- community relationships that uh, you kind of find uh, as a necessity, you know, when, especially now that I work for a couple of DAOs, uh, you know, you kind of had people who were very straightforward with the way they dealt with people, but maybe they were too straightforward that they kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, rub people the wrong way. And maybe you had uh, a lot of community effort come in to ensure that people uh, kind of dealt things in a much more equitable in a way where people understood that, yes, you know, we have to deal with community in a manner where uh, you have to be kind of empathetic of where they're coming from and how to align them in the right manner. But what happened is that when things get dicey, uh, especially where uh, just recently, you know, you don't even have the runway to pay off your contributors in a couple of months. When things get down to that sort of situation, uh, people uh, just uh, get into that mentality that, yes, we don't have the time. We need to get this done. It's what was supposed to be about fostering community relationships has turned into how can we do this effectively in the quickest way as soon as we can. And that uh, displays two problems here that uh, what I feel is going wrong. One is uh, there hasn't been enough thought about balancing uh, that sort of efficiency and effectiveness. At it. I mean, it was good that you wanted to foster it in the right way. But if there was a way in which you could have balanced out the effectiveness at that point of time, 
then you know these practices wouldn't have needed to uh, kind of iterate to something so old tradition at that point of time you know uh, so how do you foster how do you create that balance you know how do you uh, redefine leadership that way to something uh, that's simple for people to use irrespective of bear or bull market is what i find is a, a missing piece right now for most dows in general uh, so what i wanted to understand now is considering the state of leadership where as you rightly mentioned something that is uh, like you had autocratic people in these traditional startups where you had a hierarchy modes to now something that's more of a a holacracy or a or a flat mode where people can collaboratively work and understanding these pain points that now exist in dows you know what in your opinion is the right uh, definition of effective effective shared leadership and uh, how do you create the right uh, blocks behind that yeah wonderful um this is this is my favorite topic to talk about <laughs> and it and so i'll try i'll try to be brief here but we'll go um maybe start with a definition go a little more complex and then come back to the simple pragmatic steps people can take so one is i've you know i I spent, I tell people a PhD, basically, it doesn't mean you're an expert. It means you're willing to pay people to be a student, <laughs> basically. And um, I have spent a lot of years studying leadership as a practitioner, which is more my focus because I believe, you know, impact matters in the world. And yet, in order to do that effectively, I've always found myself drawn to academia and looking at work that people have done where they thought so deeply about these concepts and spent time really digging into depths that other people would not even be able to fathom the the time and obsession that people have looking into these very niche topics. And so to me, I love the idea of being this bridge of taking academia and simplifying it and making it pragmatic and useful to people. And one of the things very early on is this idea of leadership. It's kind of like DAOs in the sense that nobody's ever going to agree on a definition. There's not going to be people that are like, this is the one definition that we all <laughs> can hold hands on and say, this is it. And um, very similarly, leadership is like that. It's very subjective. Everybody has their own version of what it means to them. And that's what I think makes it so complex and worthy of studying and digging deeper into and one of the quotes that I really like is from a very traditional management guru, Peter Drucker, that says, leadership is influence, nothing less, nothing more. And for me, when I've looked, and if you look across like the, you know, there's at least 70,000 individual definitions of leadership academically recorded, which is mind boggling. And if you look at that, almost all of them have the word influence somewhere associated with it. And so for me, leadership is influence in an evolving context. That's basically my personal definition of it, because even what you viewed as being leadership in one scenario um, that maybe you were really impressed by when you first joined a DAO, a month later, you could be like, what? One person, one vote. I'm not impressed with how that was structured. Or, you know, you might have a very different view of it. And so it becomes... Um, Again, something that the evolving context really plays a role in it and it really matters. And so for me, I believe a lot of what great leadership is within the DAO space, it's really about helping create context and helping have 
access to building context and creating and co-creating context to be a shared activity and to be a, a focus even. And so that's true on a personal level. You know, we don't, we might want to work anonymously in the space, but we still want people to have a sense of what to appreciate about us as individual human beings. And that, again, requires context, maybe not sharing your gender, your age, where you live, but maybe something about sharing what you're passionate about, why you came to this DAO, why you joined and showed up and want to be here. And those um, context building activities really matter, I think, especially in, in a bear market, because it's what, what builds connections. So um, that's one thing. If I, if I look, though, at some of the complexity of what we've done at Talent DAO, all this past spring, I partnered with a phenomenal researcher, Mr. Nobody in Discord. And one of the things that he specializes in is doing research on research. And so I brought the leadership knowledge. He brought the research on research knowledge. It was this match made in heaven. And um, what we did is we looked at the past 25 years of recent history going really in-depth on about 40 different systematic um, analyses or reviews and meta-analyses, which are basically fancy research ways of saying studies on studies um, that look <laughs> at quantitative results and across all these different industries. And in total, it represented 5,400 primary studies, hundreds of thousands of indi individuals, across thousands of organizational contexts that we believe these insights are genuinely generalizable to even DAOs. And that was really our, our thought about looking back at shared, distributed, and collective leadership. And what can we learn from what all of academia has done recently to tell us about what it takes to cultivate shared leadership, since we know that's really the charge of DAOs. It's not to have one person with a position and a title be the leader, it's not about the leader. It's about each person showing up as, as a leader and understanding their own strengths, what they can contribute and offer to that moment. And so it's much more of a dynamic process, and it's much less about a title or role or static assignment. And so that's one of the things that we know very deeply is that DAOs demand this more dynamic nature to it. And so... Um, a lot of our research basically came up with three basic things. Here's your practical one, two, three. Um, your three basic things in order to cultivate shared leadership within your DAO. The first of which is shared purpose. And I don't think it surprises anybody that we need to have like our vision basically determined and figured out. <laughs> that becomes exceptionally important. Um, the other thing that we need to do is have social support. And that one hopefully resonates a lot with people, you know, listening with social people support in your DAOs. In the simplest form, it's the idea that if you need help, there's someone there to lend a hand. Okay. Uh, so uh, does that uh, also include some form of uh, financial, uh, social security, like a welfare within the DAO as well? Or is it just uh, primarily uh, how can the community support each other in terms of uh, just plain uh, socialization? Yeah, I think it could mean that. I think for each DAO, it would look different. To me, it's about 
Um, truly, like if somebody's stuck, like it could be as simple as having a channel on your Discord that says like, hey, ask any question here, or where you can actually get the sort of technical support that you need, that would be the super baseline. But then there's the, of course, more graduated needs that to me is about acknowledging contribution. It's about appreciating whether that be through compensation, whether that be through increased responsibility within the DAO, whether it's extra access or ownership of certain things within um, the context of your DAO. But there's lots of things that show that you socially support someone. For me, what it's looked like is genuinely having people to think through and collaborate on work with that I can depend on, that I know they're going to show up week after week, just like I'm going to show up week after week. I'm not floating out there on my own. I'm, I've got maybe a raft, maybe I'm still floating, but my raft is connected to a bunch of other rafts. And so it feels a little <laughs> bit a little bit more safe and and supported at least you won't be like jack of the titanic right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you're not going to uh, you know just drown in that uh, icy right there <laughs> yeah and what yeah. is the third one by the way the- yes okay so again first one is that idea of shared shared purpose second one is social support and then the third is your ability to impact and influence the future And so that, again, becomes very important when it comes to governance, tokenomics, how we incentivize human behavior, and how people see a path to contribution, or even a sense of agency over their ability to impact the DAO's future. All right. So uh, in general, you know, I find that uh, these three values in general kind of make sense for the DAO as well in in order to facilitate that sort of leadership, but uh, uh, from a theoretical perspective, but then you take an observation of what's going on within these DAOs, uh, in general, uh, how do you kind of, uh, most of these DAOs, what they lack is uh, a context of what's going on within their, uh, of their vision. Because these DAOs are so nascent, right? They're not like uh, major traditional uh, corporations that have had hundreds of years to be able to stick to a certain um a certain vision for a long period of time. Uh, here it started off by enthusiasts, by pseudonyms, you know, don't even come from the same background. And they are also stepping into a field uh, where you're literally talking the frontier of cutting edge tech. So, uh, and that too, you don't have that sort of runway like the traditional startups to kind of uh, create that sort of practices from get-go. You know, these people... Uh, you know the tra- the traditional start uh, corporations. What they have is an entire um, like thirty to forty years of practices that they rely on as a habit, as a as an unconscious thing. And those in the fo- in order to kind of make it equitable, uh, you're kind of uh, re- you know like as you rightly mentioned, you're like revamping how things are kind of working out functionally at the bottom. But then. Uh, the collateral damage is that a lot of these key fundamentals that worked out for these traditional uh, corporations just get missed out. I mean, you take a look at DAOs in general. Con- uh, okay, you know, people want to work, uh, you know, in a collaborative manner. How do you ensure that authority is given out to the right person without jealousy coming in uh, with with the right set of context uh, sharing? You know, all of these are still big question marks across DAOs, you know. Uh, And one more thing is uh, social support, as you mentioned. Uh, 
when things get dicey i don't think that even comes in the picture let alone <laughs> i don't think there are i don't think there's a there's even a proper documentation of how we can support each other it's just about uh, you know are we get are we paid well enough uh, do we have the sort of runway for at least the next couple of months and all of these just get lost in the equation and we back to square one you don't have our north star for uh, working collaboratively uh, that sort of uh, document across dows and that's fundamentally how leaderships can step in and as you mentioned you know how um, another aspect that i found missing is uh, because leader because there's no documentation leaders just keep coming and going there's so much confusion you know uh, that i've seen so many dows just you know uh, get frustrated with the way the contributor pathway exists right now and they're going back to a core team approach the very uh approaches and traditional startups that you wanted to get away from you know so uh you know these uh, fundamental pain points have never had the right practices uh that kind of worked for a community you know uh and we'll get to that point later but i want to talk about the first thing itself let's talk let's talk about the shared purpose itself um the shared purpose is something um i feel you know if it is set in stone at least for a period of time it kind of creates the right operational mentality for people to come in and get the tasks done well but then the issues with daws are that when you have so many people who come in to take care of that uh, particular vision uh, i mean everybody has their own subjective vision everybody has their own views for uh, culture but that's not the case for a traditional corporation they must have had that vision set by a founder 100 years ago i mean jp morgan goldman sachs all they're doing is iterating uh, that vision according to what makes sense now but daws are having to start it from scratch so my question is uh, when you uh, you've seen give kind of work with talent out right now you've seen all these daws kind of create a vision that makes sense for uh, your particular dao or something uh, how do you ensure that these uh, key tenets like vision like culture like core values uh, are kind of uh, expressed in a collaborative way and once it's set you know how do you ensure that people stick to it and work on it rather than just reworking it and uh, losing out on broader operational efficacy because what i find a problem is people tend to work on the culture that work on the vision and they spend so much time de- deviating from that that the key tasks that were supposed to Uh, the fundamental work is just being lost out so how to do it in the right manner mm, mm. yeah so it it is it is being lost out let me use talent out maybe as a little case study here to play with so we we had awesome. two two primary co-founders and they really started with this idea of gosh what if we brought peer reviewed great high quality scientific knowledge to the dao system but as a dao you know we're going to actually go through it ourselves as we study it so that way we're not outside consultants looking in but rather we're really uh we're part of the grand experiment that we're studying and they um just published a simple tally form i as well as a few others were very very early ones to fill it out it had like a random panda on it and i was like yeah these seem like my people <laughs> and and they just had a very basic idea that we were going to look at how to do research um and and think about how to do that well in this new emergent space I'm all about leadership development all about future of work and i was like you know 
I, I had just finished my PhD in 2020, and I knew I wanted to continue researching leadership, but wasn't I was I was disillusioned with that system. I I thought to myself that gosh, I did all this work along with so many other people, um, and basically it ends up being not accessible or very difficult to navigate to, and even has a price tag associated with most scientific literature out there. And so there's there's got to be a better way that I can do research in a way that aligns more to my values of transparency and accessibility. And this seems like a really good home for it. And so there was six of us that all had our very subjective, very different point of view on why we were coming to Talent Dow. And we all kind of organically came there. And I, I actually didn't know the co-founders very well at all beforehand. A, a LinkedIn connection was the only tether there. And so when we all got together, we realized there's about six to eight of us. And I think there's maybe six of us that published the manifesto together. And that to me is a really powerful thing is you put your purpose and idea out there. But once you establish that core team, that early six or eight, that you actually reimagine your manifesto as a collective versus having it hang off of the one to two founders that were there early. And I really commend the way we approach that was diverse perspectives spread all over the world. And still, that is the cultural makeup of our DAO now that it's expanded to over a thousand people is very, very focused on doing high quality, rigorous research, immensely productive, prolific, and, and tenured backgrounds for the most part, um, but also exceptionally welcoming to new people who may not have a research background and yet want to do research in a different way and want to evolve it into its next chapter. And so for me, that's still what's energizing about the Talent Dow community is it looks a lot like the expansion of, of that early core team. So for me, it's about bring people in that you want the larger community to look like eventually, because that diversity and intentionality upfront is, is worth its, its weight in gold. And so I, I get really excited about that in particular, when it comes to laying down a purpose that people can believe in, and that won't change with the changing winds so much. I mean, I find that fascinating. I mean, what was once a vision of two, three founders eventually turned into an iteration by the broader collective in, in general. My question is, when see, the thing is, this is not an easy conversation to have. This is something that requires the involvement of the community. And uh, there's a lot of mind space given to that that takes away time from work. On one hand, you, should, you need to have uh, an understanding of what the community wants and is it uh, also kind of uh, compatible with the original vision and the core team. Uh, or maybe not probably what's in, in the interest of the community, but it shouldn't be done at a uh, constant, probably on a monthly basis where it just keeps taking mind space, you know. So uh, if I'm a DAO right now, uh, say that uh, what was once a 10-person core team has now turned into 100, it will turn into 1,000. So on what basis in terms of timelines, in terms of the community size, or what is the signal that I should consider uh, that makes me feel that yes, it's time to reevaluate the vision. It's time to reevaluate the core values and things like that because uh, people wait for things to really break down to have this conversation. But how do you uh, start predicting it and uh, start having those signals ready? 
Yeah, I think one key way that TalentDAO is starting to approach that more and more is we developed over the course of the past year um, with a lot of our data scientists, a DAO health survey. And it's essentially what you might think of in a traditional context as an engagement survey, but that sort of data about your community and how it's, it's thinking, thriving, wounded, whatever it might be, um, is very, very critical to take a snapshot of and to understand and to um, pulse as your DAO evolves. The other thing that I would say is one method that I think is exceptionally powerful in any organization that's deeply underutilized, but actually has a lot of value alignment with DAOs, is the open source protocol of appreciative inquiry. And appreciative inquiry is positive psychology-based It's basically strengths-based processes. And one of the steps that it does is it really looks, and this can be a facilitated process, but it could also be done asynchronously if you just opened up a channel for it within your DAO, is looking at when are we at our best. And it allows for people to contribute stories and times of when you're at your best as a DAO. And so you think about the organization, it's a great chance for people to share and acknowledge and appreciate good efforts that are happening, but it also gives people who are responsible for the overall health of the DAO a lot of indications of this is where things are working well. And that, I think, is something that people are not sourcing those stories and they're at a deep loss for it because that's actually your future trajectory. It's not about whack-a-mole on the things that aren't working. It's about amplifying what is. Okay. So, and this DAO Health survey that you mentioned, I mean, um, uh, you you mentioned that appreciative inquiry is what's necessary here. And that makes sense. Uh, Probably having uh, the community participate in what is uh, the the general uh, is there alignment around uh, vision values or something if it there isn't uh, what exactly is your view of how it should be done you kind of create a consensus around that and probably move it to proposal that kind of makes sense i'm just putting a hypothesis just for the sake of discussion i mean uh, probably when you have a hypothesis done every si- this sort of survey done every six months and if there is a deviation, a market deviation away from what you believe is a consensus number, then we start having this discussion out in the open public where people can contribute. And uh, on the basis of that, you can probably reach uh, some sort of agreement on, yes, this is the vision values. And maybe we can have this conversation uh, over the next signal, maybe in another six months. Uh, does that make sense? Uh, and how does this sort of conversation happen in a traditional startup or con- in a startup? Because that's where you kind of find the sort of uh, reworking ha- happen more often. Have you come across such moments in your studies? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. In all my experiences, purpose is really centerpiece to any beginning of any organization. It's the reason you exist. And so that's a really important question to answer because that's what's going to attract people to what you're doing. When in doubt, go back and start with that. If you do not have that clear as a DAO, that should be your priority. Um, People want to know what's the goal, then what's my role? Like those are the two foundational questions that if you can't answer that, don't worry about processes, structures, governance, tokenomics. The first couple of things should be what's the goal, what's my role? And once people have clarity on that, you can move to the structures, processes. Every six months, I think is a good time to reevaluate, take stock, And at the same time, I know there's a lot of people who would roll their eyes at the idea of like a twice a year, mid-year review or an annual review sort of process. (laughs) You know, that's like some of the stuff that I think we're maybe excited to do a little bit differently. 
even the large bureaucratic organizations I worked for tried getting away from that and tried moving more toward a culture of pulse surveys. I mean, we have so much tech, we have so much data. How can we build dashboards that give us real-time insights to this? And I think it's really good to do something like a Dow Health survey in the sense that it really helps you get that dashboard view when you don't have something dynamic and we haven't just we just quite haven't gotten there yet. But that is absolutely something that I think needs to happen in this space that is just following a very almost traditional trajectory in the sense that we were not really doing feedback or or using data on our DAO. Now we're looking at it a little bit more and have some ways to do that, um, like health surveys. But to me, the ideal goal is also one where you, and I don't think there's one organization out there that's not seeing some value in the idea of creating a learning organization where people are open to and giving and asking for feedback. And that's actually one of the most important things you can do is cultivate a culture where people ask for feedback, not give it. We're great at giving it because that puts us in a power (laughs) over structure, but actually being people who show up and practice the leadership capability of asking for feedback, I think would be phenomenal to see happen more in DAOs. Absolutely. And uh, I feel that, yes, you know, we can revamp how this sort of feedback is asked through the sort of pulse surveys and probably even better ways of uh, executing over tech, you know, and maybe even the right set of incentives, you know, I mean, if you take a look at uh, some of these communities that have tokens now, they give off, you know, tokens for contribution for fixing a bug. But when it comes to these sort of conversations, which can which can actively reshape how the DAO is going to fundamentally work, they, and your opinion is much more fundamental than fixing a, a stupid tech bug or probably writing an article, uh, there's no sort of incentives given out for uh, making these processes much more robust. And uh, definitely, uh, you know, uh, there should be some sort of a uh, review of how things are done, maybe a, a form of reputation system and tokens for these sort of extremely high priority conversations at the right intervals could be kind of critical for that sort of thing. And yeah, uh, but one thing that makes me think is uh, right now you have contributors, as you mentioned, you know, contributors should be participating in these sort of surveys at a frequent time. But look at the DAO situation right now. You know, you uh, you take a look at the complaints across the board what are the problems that you keep high, you keep find highlighted over Twitter? My God, there are so many lurkers. There are very few contributors. Most, uh, you know, the entire community, the, the participation has just kind of fizzled out. My God, people are just not getting paid. Uh, you know, uh, a contributor just comes in in a month and they probably disappear in another month. You know, these are the sort of issues DAOs are struggling in spite of the narrative being that, oh my God, this is collaborative work. Everybody gets a say. And this is, you know, far, you know, more equitable than what we've seen with traditional startups and corporations. But people are running away from it. Now we're seeing uh, polls come up where, please, you know, uh, you have uh, votes over decentralized governance and uh, cooperation and all of that. Now people have just gotten so exhausted. They're like, please give us a master now. We just want to see some money on the table. You know, how did we get to this point where there's so low participation, so much burnout? You know, you've kind of observed so many DAOs at this point. How did we get to this point? And 
what should DAOs do to fix it? Um, oh gosh, I mean, for each DAO, I've observed enough DAOs to know that each DAO is very different and comes with its own set of complications. Um, but that leadership is really at the core of a lot of them. And so a lot of the solutions you'll hear me say are very, very focused on, on leadership. And yet, um, yeah, how did we get here? We got here because there was a lot of energy thinking it would take us up a mountain and instead we're kind of on this downslide. And I do think the the macro environment needs to be, even though we've mentioned it multiple times, it's definitely still a part of the narrative that all the things we told our friends and family of, oh my gosh, you know, you have to get in now. This is the bottom. You're so lucky. This is such a great time to get into to DAOs. You'll be able to grow with them. Um, that that actually, no, it's just kind of been at the bottom and, and gotten, the bottom's gotten a little bit deeper. And so it, it can wane on someone's confidence. Um, it can wane on what they believed was a good path forward. It can, doubt can creep in. And like I said, when people are under pressure, they, the actual neuroscience behind it, right, is that you, when you're exhausted and you're under pressure, you actually cut off your own access to your prefrontal cortex, that executive functioning part of your brain that makes great high quality decisions and creatively thinks. And instead, you go back more into your limbic system, the mammalian brain, where you're more animalistic and just kind of like fight, flight, freeze mode of trying to survive. And so I think what's happening across DAOs is, is very natural that when resources are highly constrained, that we're feeling pressure and we don't always show up as our best selves, our most creative and our most optimistic when that's the environment that we're in. Yeah, the whole part of the frontal cortex thing got me thinking, you know, I think before I enter Discord, I think I should have a, a little bit of a routine, take a deep breath. Okay, it's time to access Discord now, people. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but the thing is, uh, I find that uh, aspect intriguing that people, uh, when things, you know, these uh, issues happen because of a lot of stress. I also would like to say that, uh, you know, these aspects about burnout because of money, burnout because of stress, fundamentally the leadership aspect that is missing is um, the ability to stay uh, calm during these sort of situations that comes from experience and uh, of having dealt in that sort of situations that most contributors don't have i mean most co contributors come from so many different backgrounds uh, that's not coming from a startup leadership or a corporation leadership that the way of handling these sort of teams for a dicey situation like that is missing and probably with time if they stick around maybe they learn from that right now it's not there that's why you see all this burnout uh, that's how i feel uh, you know things have kind of and another aspect that uh, uh, kind of makes sense about why the stress happens um, you know i've been kind of a yoga thing uh, and my guru uh, would say that you know the fundamental reason for stress is you don't understand, you're not able to accept the situation for what it is. You're not able to see the situation for what it is. That is why you don't get what to do. Because you're so you're so filled with uncertainty, that's why the uh, stress comes in. Because you don't know what to do next. Because you're not able to see. And the problem with uh, leaders today is, fundamentally across the broader DAOs, they don't know how to sustain the DAO. 
if they knew how to have that sort of right business models or how to act in those sort of situations then you know kind of guiding the broader team to that sort of you know guiding it past that situation would have been a lot more easier granted you know there are no uh, you know hard and fast rules especially in a, a complex dynamic market like this but still uh, you have a set of habits that can take you through to find that answers and probably the sort of work that you're doing can kind of give us that sort of practices mm-hmm. uh, which you know yeah. uh, are easily documented yeah i mean even to add to that so one of the things that doesn't change that we believe we know from the past 25 years of research that we believe generalizes to dows as well is that leadership you can basically break it down into um, three main sections. There's, of course, self-leadership at the center of it all. And even when I'm now doing primary research of interviewing DAO leaders, um, it's very clear that people are like, people in DAOs, you need to do your own work. As the DAO evolves, you need to evolve yourself. And so self-leadership is absolutely at the core. But there's also change leadership, people leadership, and task leadership. And those are so foundational across any time you're looking at leading an organization at that org and group and individual level. Those are the the summarizing buckets of what leadership looks like. And for me, if I were to share um, the tips of what leadership is needed in DAOs, it's really, there's almost like one activity associated with each of those as a, as a baseline, do this and, and you'll be better off than 90% of DAOs out there. And one of those is around people is this notion of appreciation. You absolutely need to be able to, I tell people, appreciate to accelerate because that is what's gonna keep the energy within your DAO. And if people are feeling energy, they're gonna show up and they're gonna contribute. And so this idea of how do you lead people Sometimes it's as simple as gratitude and appreciation. And so don't underestimate how far that can go, especially if you're a DAO that's hurting from a compensation standpoint, um, which is remarkably a lot of them. And then the other thing is task. The activity there is really about clarification. This is something that I think, again, people think they've said it once or twice or they posted it on Notion page and so people know about it. No, they don't. If, if you are a, a leader, and by leader, I don't mean in a position power, I mean somebody who's got a platform of, of influence within the DAO, please use that to clarify and have your drumbeat, have it be a clear, succinct message that you want people in your DAO to have. And maybe it's that, you know, I mean, for example, I think people in the Ethereum community could say it's about biddling right now. That in the crypto winter, what do we do? We build. And there's something so simple about almost this rally cry of this is what we're going to focus on. And that's at a very generic level for your DAO. Hopefully there's more specific things you want people focused on or contributing to. But that needs to be your drumbeat. And if you don't have one, start off with just having it be your purpose and the reason why you exist, because that should always be a drumbeat that finds its way in. And then the third one around change and leading change within a DAO is really this idea of imagination. So you have appreciation, clarification, and the last one, imagination. And this is the one that can be hard when things, um, resources are constrained, is helping people to continue to see that brave bold, bright future that excites us, that keeps us coming back, but also different possibilities for how we can think differently about the work we're doing. An example of this was at TalentDAO, we realized that we're not just conducting research, but that research itself could be turned into an NFT that then we potentially stake with Ocean Protocol. 
And so there's all these different new ways of doing the work. There's new levers to pull. And if we just hunker down and go back to what we know, we're going to miss out on so much of the imagination and the excitement and adventure that brought us to this space in the first place. And also, this is a time where we can define what that looks like because the people here are really, really wanting to figure out how we make it better. And so um, to me, that's what I get excited about is is helping people figure it out and then helping onboard the next people to what that mindset, skill set, and tool set looks like. Absolutely. And uh, I agree with you. you know, I mean, uh, we just kind of bracket leadership as this one step, but in reality, there are a lot of aspects to consider, you know, of how do you lead? How do you lead yourself? Because if you're not taking care of yourself, uh, then how do you lead others? You know, if not in the right shape, then you can't lead anybody. So self-leadership is pretty critical and uh, leading people, leading change, uh, having that sort of, uh, at, if not a, a like a research study at least, but at least the basics of what's necessary in any of these key situations when you step into the role. I think that would be critical for any sort of DAO to have, you know, especially when, if that could be in, in, integrated within the, onboarding itself because most people don't come from that sort of background you know and uh, we all come from so many different uh, life situations and all of that we may not i mean see i'm i'm probably very straightforward maybe the community is not like that how i handle uh, change is way different from what the community expects so probably having that uh, documented would be pretty critical that way and uh, pretty amazing you know uh, to uh, that you're kind of leading the efforts on that front to uh, just have that documented for uh, future leaders to step in. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, it's not easy for leaders to to just kind of, uh, you know, that whole self-leadership part is missing. You tend to, I mean, I keep hearing this comment. I give out so much to the community that I, I don't even find myself existing in the picture here, you know. Uh, you know, it's uh, you kind of give and give and you do so much for the community that you're just not in the game. And that leads to a lot of burnout, especially considering the bear market right now. What exactly uh, is your advice for staying sane uh, with your community? Even though they're all good intentioned people, but still, <laughs> you've got to take care of yourself, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I think, um, you know, and maybe this will be contentious, but have a life outside of DAOs. <laughs> like have, have <laughs> some of your community not be really into Web3 like you are. I think that's necessary. I think it's necessary to have that balance in your life, have people to pull you away, to encourage you to disconnect. Uh, you know, in 2020, before I knew about DAOs, my husband and I created Bolster Leadership. He's been in the board game industry this whole time, and I've been in leadership development. So we put our products together. But part of what we wanted to do was decentralizing leadership development. So the DAO ethos was already there. And yet it was also to help people disconnect from being online. So we had these very tactile um, you know, cards that basically were like a coach in a box that as you draw cards, you develop your self-leadership and on things like prioritization and communication and navigating change. And to me, that's still where I always begin with my own personal practice and what I'd always advise to other people is have a life outside of DAOs, have your boundaries about what hours of your day you're going to be disconnected 
I actually just rearranged my phone. So all my um, DAO apps and everything are on one and the very last screen. So after a certain hour, I do not allow myself to flip to that screen where I'm going to see all the things that are happening, um, Twitter on there as well. Um, so it's, it's about setting those personal boundaries. And I think that it cannot be underestimated and it's going to look different for everyone. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, in my case itself, I'm, I kind of, uh, and I'm kind of addicted to discord at this point. You'll have to refer me to a rehab center at this stage. <laughs> uh, but in general, you know, what I've seen some intriguing things. Yes. You know, you need to have your own space where you get to do your own things and probably just demarcate your life and your other priorities away from the DAO space. I've seen some pretty cool, um, uh, like uh, examples where DAOs have kind of put that into practice. Uh, I just recently was lurking at SongCamp's um, Discord lately. And what they did was uh, for Christmas, uh, they took one month uh, complete off from any sort of Discord activity. That means the entire Discord is completely shut down. No one is talking except for any sort of uh, very high priority thing. And that's also not there. You know, if we could see some sort of disconnect mode across the board that just kind of gives people more time to just kind of relax and just come back and deal with the situation with a fresh mind. You know, it's been a fantastic convo so far, you know, Lisa. I mean, I really appreciate the sort of insights that you've given about leadership. And I would love to know, and for the general audience itself, tell us more about what can we expect from uh, your work with Bolster Leadership going down the line and what can we expect with Talenda. And if there are any sort of operators who feel that, you know, they may want to collaborate, what can they expect from you? Yes, absolutely. So when it comes to Bolster Leadership, the way to think about that is, is the self-leadership. So I encourage you to check out bolsterleadership.com. If our whole purpose is about bolstering the development of all people. And so if this resonates with you, um, I'd love to have you reach out and connect with me. I'm Lisa Woken on all socials. So that's going to be the primary way to contact me for any of these things. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so Bolster Leadership, um, what you can expect is that we're going to continue to push the edge on building those leadership capabilities that are timeless and timely that we think are effective to just humans operating within the DAO space more effectively. And talent DAO, what we're really looking at is we're looking a lot more at that systems and group um, dynamic. And so a lot of the research I'm doing right now with, with another um, really wonderful researcher, we've had an international research team that's now interviewed 23 leaders and primarily founders within the DAO ecosystem um, that are from really, really wonderful DAOs, like everything from the DSI space with LabDAO to really cool um, DAOs that partner with external large organizations like MoonDAO to then um, some of the tried and true like Bankless, Gitcoin, DeFi, like UMA. <laughs> and so um, really, really wonderful that we conducted these interviews in a way that's highly confidential because what you'll find and hopefully what we'll be sharing more about at ETH Denver in a couple months from now is the insights from these confidential interviews where people talk about what's really working, but also what's really not. And some of the gripes about the space, but also what we can do about that to cultivate leadership to address those pain points. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, You're, you're going to, uh, I mean, I would really love to hear about what, what sort of insights have come out from all these interviews at ETH Denver. Could we get a teaser of that presentation for the <laughs> podcast before ETH Denver? <laughs> yeah, I'll see what I can do. Maybe I can give you a couple of slides. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be pretty amazing to have. With that, we kind of end the convo. It's been a phenomenal, uh, uh, like, 
kind of a rant in general by my side at least but from your side at least it was a kind of a fun insightful convo about leadership in general i can't wait to see your study i can't wait to see your presentation about leadership and i'm looking forward to seeing uh, more of your work with uh, bolster at some point really enjoyed the convo thank you so much lisa thank you wonderful thank you